Welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast that has the science and the screaming to unequivocally figure out what the best movie of each year is. This season we'll focus on 2001. Tonight we will be going through the entire first round. 16 movies enter, but only an elite eight will go on and compete for the rest of the season. I am your host. You've heard my voice before if you've listened to the show, but now daddy's home and controlling the airplane. I'm Mike, and with me... I cannot do it alone. I need the two luminaries of movie podcasting. You know him. You love him. He's a little sweetie pie of movies. He's Greg. You got a real Karen Guilfoyle energy going on. The best <laughs> is yet to come. <laughs> Just throwing my hands up. But no, I'm excited. This is going to be good. It's going to change everything. I'm going to keep screaming how I'm optimistic while talking about the r- rivers will run blood with the blood of children. <laughs> The river to run blood with the blood of rivers. <laughs> and the, the 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 mean kid from around the block, duh, you love to hate him and hate to love him, Ryan. Dad, thank you so much for that, Mike. Um, I can't argue with anything that you said. I am mean. I'm very mean, and I do live around the block from you, so... <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm just a very literal person. Uh-huh. So I just say what I mean and mean what I say. I like to live my life in such a way where people don't have to think about what they will say about you when you come yeah. into the WWE ring. They just describe you at your most basic self and you sound <laughs> so fucking badass. Your <laughs> eyes go white and they just say it. Uh, I like to live my life like a quarter mile at a time. If Man, if you guys can make yourself your, your eyes go white, how often would you use that? Just like... Every day. If you know somebody- what one I wish I had? I wish I could put my arms out like to my sides, palms up, and then my feet together and just raise up off the ground just a little bit, even if that was all the power was. So I couldn't do anything like to back that up. Wouldn't mm-hmm. that be so dope? That'd like, be enough. Punct- yeah, most yeah. people will run. <laughs> Punctuate a point. I hope he's hovering again. Uh, Greg, Greg, you do have $2 in late fees here at the library. Uh, you know what, sir? Never mind. Never mind. You, you just go on home. <laughs> we'll give you $2. Please <laughs> don't hurt us. <laughs> That's right. That- Everybody in here, give me $2. <laughs> <laughs> That's petty crime, right? Like that. It's so small. That, can they even be mad at you? I just made $18. <laughs> Uh, so we, we, we're kicking off another season. It's another journey. 2001 is, uh, is an interesting year. If you, the listeners, want to hear how we got to these 16 movies we'll be talking about, you can over go over to patreon.com slash filter and hear the original 32 and uh, the trial and tribulations, the blood, sweat, and tears. A lot of times it goes like a lot cleaner than it went this time. There were some already like some really tough choices. And I think there's only tough choices ahead. That's but, yeah, uh, that's it. Like the amount of tough choices in the first show, the Patreon show, makes me scared to fucking death about what we're about to do. Like we're about to... This is an incredible year. Like five or six of my favorite movies, at least of my lifetime, came out in two thousand one. And that that's a, that's a great uh, entry point, Ryan. Is were they those in two thousand one, or did it take years for them to realize what where, what was oh one like for Ryan? Yeah, uh, I think mostly then. You know, I, you know, it was a learning year. I was learning what a good movie was, and uh, I think it was a big year where. Um, the Oscars, maybe not me realizing that the Oscars are not like the indicator of what is good. Um, this is the year that and Beautiful Mind got cut. Yes, yes, it's already out. Um, Beautiful Mind is out. 
Yeah, and then you know, I started. It was more foreign movies for me. It was more like less mainstream movies. But it's a hell of a year for mainstream movies this year. Yeah, mainstream doesn't mean bad right now necessarily. Necessarily, yeah. Two thousand one is the year I actually took film one hundred. So oh. that's when I began to like. I would talk about movies, and I'd be like, "Um, the mise en scene in this scene." Is it's not Meeson, that's for sure. <laughs> it's there. Seen, seen as fuck. It's present, man. Two thousand one was actually the year where I taught film one hundred for the first time and there's some fucking douchebag in the front row. Just always saying Meeson. <laughs> nonstop. That was his name. Me- his name was Meeson. Meeson loved movies. <laughs> he said he loves Meeson to Peason. Uh and so Greg, does that mean you only watched Casablanca and Citizen Kane a thousand times and you have not seen any of these O one movies? No. Or? This was definitely a time when I watched a lot of movies, but I was still such a big uh, such a movie dum dum. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I I didn't really have much taste. And so honestly, I'm more interested in the movies I didn't like from two thousand and one than I am in the movies that I did like from two thousand and one because I, I think the things that might have like troubled me or been too challenging as we go back and do this show i mean typically like uh, i didn't like eyes wide shut the first time i saw it well that's 99's movie of the year you know so like sometimes you go back and you've got the advanced tastes of a deep-voiced man and things just look a little (laughs) bit different and you just have a new understanding a calmness that has entered into your soul yeah i i was finishing up my eighth grade year and then starting high school in 01 so i think i was a dummy i was at the theaters all the time but mm-hmm. I had no taste. I had no uh, discernible intelligence. You were and, uh, nothing's <laughs> changed. You were at the theaters watching Jeepers Creepers, but only because of what you thought might happen with that movie later on. Yeah, I was watching. Be like, you guys, this guy's going down for kitty porn. I'm calling it now in the theater. Where to get those peepers? <laughs> it turns out in a very gross way. Uh, so that is what O one means to us. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back. Not dive right in the bracket, but have a little conversation corner. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to pop filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpotfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show, that's Movie of the Year, and that's YourPopFilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review, bye! As is tradition here at Movie of the Year, out of the top 16 seeds, each of the panelists gets to pick a movie. So we're going to talk about those because not all of them did make it. Ryan, what was your submission this year? I was actually a little bit surprised to find out that uh, Robert Altman's Gosford Park was not going to make the bracket without a little bit of help. I thought that it's, it was beloved enough and famous enough to easily get into the top you know, uh, 32 of 2001 
That was not the case. So I boosted it all the way up to like the 16th seed. Mm-hmm. But uh, unfortunately, it went up against an 01 behemoth. Uh, I fucking loved this movie. It was the the over the chattery. I think this was probably my first Altman film. Somebody who I've come to love and respect a lot, and have not seen this movie since. But it blew my small, young teen mind. So much so that you got spin on. Apparently, Patreon listeners know what we're talking about. But yeah, this is it's a really good starter for Altman because it's I think a little more it's it's a little easier to digest than a lot of his movies. But it has all of those like what he's known for the big cast, the talking over each other. That's all there. Um, and also am I wrong in remembering that there's a little bit more joy in this than there had been in like, do you remember shortcuts? Yes. Wasn't that him? That movie is so dire and so awful. And it feels like there's like no light in the world. And I feel like Gosford Park, just by being a little more effervescent, was like more uplifting as well. I think too that like the fact that it was in one house helped a lot because Mm -hmm. he is uh, not concerned with like, plot or story or how the things that people like from movies and this it didn't have like the most it wasn't the plottiest plot but it was still like at least if, if it's all in one place and we know that these are the upstairs people and these are the downstairs people there's more to like grasp onto than your typical altman i think right i mean and he's playing with things everybody is sort of familiar with it was years before downton abbey but everybody has those upstairs downstairs kind of woven into us and there's a little bit of screwball vibe to it and when people talk about his comedies, you know, like I, I would say that he's mostly known for comedies, but it's like MASH or Nashville or Mashville or like McCabe and Miss Miller is they're comedies for people who are like they get out of the theater and they're like, I'm smart enough to know that I found that funny occasionally. David it's never like laughing at laugh. his comedies. Yeah. Kind of thing where uh, after every really funny line, someone just goes, yeah, ah, yeah good. Or you can hear an, another pipe being lit. You know, like somebody's smoking their pipe. But this, I would say... Someone just like makes a little plosive sound and then dust just comes out of their mouth. This is his most like (laughs) legit, like what we think of comedy. And like this gave birth to, it was a little bit of a comeback for him. And then this gave birth to like probably his most broad, crazy comedy. It's weird that he made this. uh, The Prairie Home Companion. He just, he took over making a movie about that Uh, radio show. And that is, that's like a big, big cast, which is obvious, but also like this loud uh, farce, you know? And uh, it's not, it's not my favorite Altman, but we wouldn't have that without Gosford Park. Guys, get down on one knee and thank Gosford Park for giving us Altman's The Prairie Home Companion. That's I what did, I'm saying. Is it like, like scripted like or is I it will. like just them on a stage in front of mics? Yeah, they replaced all of the normal people and they brought in like Meryl Streep, and it's just like the backstage of like how crazy it is there. But about they did Lake le- Wobegon. About Lake Wobegon, they did leave the main guy. Who? Oh, Garrison Keillor. They didn't know Garrison Keillor, who at some point got busted for kitty porn, I believe. Well, he's a man in power, even if it's a small, small pond. So eventually he's going to do something awful. Uh, Greg, what was your submission? My submission, I was surprised it was like available, that I could pick it up. And it was Wet Hot American Summer. And um, I remember the first time I saw this movie in 2001, not being able to like wrap my mind around it until like halfway through it what is the tone of this movie? Does it just keep shifting? Is it just like a big, long sketch comedy show? Uh, and it like, honestly, at least among this group of friends, it kind of became like a touchstone, mm-hmm. um, a, a, a reference for each of us. And so, and it's just so, it was like so progressive in terms of 
it's forward looking in comedy uh and all the people who were in it became parts of the things that we really cared about later or had come from things that we we cared but about. then also at the same time being and, very like mel brooks uh zucker brothers you know like it was forward and backwards all at the right. same time yeah and yeah it seemed to really celebrate comedy and seemed to be comedy for people who spent who have spent so much time digesting comedy in their lives that they like an, an extra gear in their mm-hmm. jokes so that the joke has to be not the joke not the first joke and not even the second joke but a lot of times the third joke and it's if you are if you have spent your entire life absorbing as much comedy as you can when comedies are made like that and they really speak to people with senses of humor um informed by stuff like that it's it's just very pleasing you know it, it's it's jokes for people who really love comedy and love to create comedy It'll blow your comedy back out it it definitely sure. changed our lives because like the amount of effort and money i have to put into the fact that anytime mike uh tosses something off screen i have to have a panel of glass <laughs> that it will fly through and then make a glass breaking sound just so he feels okay uh i'm sure i've told this story on movie of the year before but i'm gonna tell it again um it's a very special movie to me because in 2001, I got a DVD in the mail from something called Netflix, right? <laughs> and I, I watched this movie by myself and it blew my mind. And then for like, I kept the, I kept the DVD from Netflix for like three weeks and I would travel around from house to house, party to party with the DVD. <laughs> I watched it probably 20 times in a month and I felt like I was sort of part of the movie making experience. Like I had brought, yeah, because yeah. you brought it. You to were the, the like, music <laughs> man of the town. Just yeah. <laughs> I was like the preacher bringing the Bible. Sure, God wrote the Bible with His own hands. But I, I, I put, <laughs> I gave you the Bible, right? I, it was, it's such a cool feeling to watch these people who were used to a bunch of comedies that were different than this, right? Like a little more like rom com or whatever, and then have this very stupid like very very stupid but very smart thing and now they're like crying at this yeah. it was a cool feeling i i didn't see it no one and i saw it a few years later at an art house theater in san francisco my sister was up there for college i went to visit her for a weekend which feels like if you're not gonna have some sort of uh, magician bring this dvd to a party you're at i do think an art house theater visiting an older sibling at college who takes you to see this thing she's heard yeah. about uh, this is the reason for having older siblings. Yeah. This story right here. And having it just like cry laughing the whole time and be like, not just cry laughing because it's the funniest thing you've ever seen, but because you're like, oh, there's other weirdos out there who make stuff. It's not just friends who will spit on you for the things you do and like. <laughs> <laughs> if it if it makes it to the Elite Eight, like, you know, I, I am worried about like what exactly we're going to talk about as far as dissecting the Kubrickianness of it. But I'm actually not, you know, like it's it's stamp on time. It's. Uh, how it, you know, like Greg was saying, like sh- uh, shine the light for comedy forward, but also backward. Like, I would be stoked to do a show about this. There's there's things in that movie that this is gonna sound so lame, but remember when <laughs> in the Devil Wears Prada, uh, she's like, you have disdain for these clothes, but the reason you're wearing that blue sweater is because like there was a blue jacket five seasons ago, and so you like inherit all the cutting edge stuff that we're doing down the, the line and this movie like this is the where the cutting edge comedy was and when you watch like parks and rec and when you watch like the good place you're seeing like the downstream right. effect of the of those comedies because it was like a comedy finishing school and so then when the comedy is brought to the people to be actually like on television 
this is where a lot of that was born years ahead. Of Honestly, time. I would like that's an excellent point. I would say that like number one is like Simpsons season four through eight, and then Wet Hot, and then uh, the podcast movie of the year, but only the seasons that were hosted by Greg <laughs> and Ryan. That is what that's. The well, we're too early to know. You don't even know what this one's gonna. This, I, this I, could change I everything. Know. I already know. Um, this, the movie, this feels like season uh, season twenty nine of The Simpsons right now. So just uh, somebody who grew up listening to movie of the year is trying to host it now. Fuck you so hard. <laughs> uh, my movie I brought was Hedwig and the Angry Inch, the uh, trans rock musical cult classic that uh, well, one person seemed pretty interested in it, and one panelist was uh, like weirdly bigoted. And uh, Greg, thank you for your open mindedness. What the fuck? <laughs> I guess we could all just say no things. problem. Mike. Now I'm becoming an angry no. inch. <laughs> uh, uh, I do not have a lot of. Oh, sorry. I guess Mike. Yeah, I was just movie. like th- th- this glam rock of a, a German uh, expatriate into American Midwest, and her changing like a small Midwest boy, and then watching him become the giant rock star she always wanted to be. It is weird and culty, but it's also like Salieri. Like there's there's an angle of that which makes it I think it's not an angle people talk about a lot but I think it's really cool and the TV or the the movie mixes cartoons and and trippy shit it's it's a it's a it's a fun time in the movies. It sounds like it might be potentially the Patreon selected. I've heard that I've heard that through the hallways special movie, around right? the studios that it might be the Patreon selected. All right, so- you should have said the thing about the animated parts when we were when we were voting. Because honestly, I was heavily swayed by it when you just mentioned. <laughs> oh shit! There's, there's sometimes it's cartoons. I'm in. If you put, yeah, dude. If you put drawings in your movie, I'm like, well, hmm, that's pretty cool. <laughs> just so the non Patreon people you understand, and typically we're just we would usually say no, go subscribe to Patreon. But um, basically, Mike and Greg whispered to each other that we should do Hedwig, and then they think that that started some sort of like cult like following about doing it. We're for the hearing Patreon it show. from everywhere. People are talking about yeah. it, and then. There's a lot of chatter. Also, what you missed is me just sitting here silently while the two of them whispered to each other how handsome they were, and now they both think they're fucking handsome. And it's a lot to deal with Greg right now. Greg is very handsome. His beard is very full today. Oh, also, they've stopped whispering. I... Now they're just saying it out loud. <laughs> we only whisper off air. On air, it's full-throated voices, Ryan. I'm going to learn and... how to throat sing and do all of that that way. Dude. Throat singing is really cool, right? Like you wouldn't want to sit down and listen to a whole album of it, but every time it's like in a movie or oh, something, some, something's gonna a... go down. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's very atmospheric and cool. <laughs> so those those are our submissions. Only Greg's has made it on to these sixteen. Let's. I take got beat a... by Legally Blonde. Mike, yep. did you did you get? Do you feel good about your beating? Who beat me? Uh, I don't know. I got beat by AI. Your friends. I don't know how I feel about it yet, but I, it makes sense Dude. to me why I got beat because it's Kubrick and Spielberg holding hands doing the Care Bear stare. So it got beat by the biopic also, of Alan Iverson. And you're okay <laughs> <yeah>. with that? <laughs> A- AI is one of these sneaky ones, though, that we could watch and then suddenly be like, "This changed my <laughs> life." I have I view this in a completely different I'm way. I'm very excited to hear what 2001 movies changed Greg's life this season. <laughs> so let's get it started. We're going to take a break and then dive right into those battles. Hola, Felterinos. I just wanted to interrupt real briefly and say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you want to support us a little more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. There, depending on what tier you pick, $1 a month, $5 a month. If you're crazy, anything more than $5 a month, don't do that. You can get extra content. There's extra shows, extra series, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, You could 
pay for Ryan to draw you a picture. Uh, I can write you a poem. You can get the shirts off our very own backs. All of that and so much more over at patreon.com slash your pop filter. While you're on the internet, you should check out Shady Monk. He does all the tunes you've been listening to. He's on Bandcamp. He's on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, wherever kids get their music these days that I'm too old to know. Shady Monk lives there. Uh, You can probably follow him on Twitter and Instagram as well. That's Shady Monk. Wherever you get music, check him out. Round one. Battle one. Fuck. Fuck. Your first seed is Spirited Away versus your 17th seed. Legally Blonde. All right, cool. All right. Uh, <laughs> Legally Blonde, right? It gave us Reese Witherspoon. Uh, she is a star. She can do anything. Like, this is basically, like, at this point, she was the franchise, right? Like, remember back in the day where stars could be in movies and <laughs> everybody was like, oh, Reese Witherspoon's in this. That was this. This might have created the Reese Witherspoon. Uh, it's fine. It's good. It might go down as as uh, a, a good moment in feminist cinema uh it linked feminism and and girly aesthetics i think in a way that is is very is ultimately a good thing and in a way that only in hindsight maybe people were saying it back then but i definitely think my age group again high school were too stupid and they just saw a girl movie and did not get any of the messages that were going on because kids are dumb but i think history has been kind uh and intelligent and reviewing what this movie was doing because yeah, it like but, it, uh, it made the hero instead of the like the joke, the hero, the person who's like like oh my god, like that yeah, that's the hero, yeah. uh, and then also gives us the moments that we crave, which is that boyfriend gets beat, right? Like that guy gets fucking punished for being a douchebag. Beat his little butt. But as someone like from Southern California and who like knows people who speak in the way that she speaks and and strive to appear that the way she appears, you know. Not that there's a ton of sympathy for it, like across the country or whatever, but those people are genuine people in their own way mm-hmm. as well. And so that's sort of like, you know, you'll meet a lot of people in California who seem like stereotypes, but th- that doesn't mean that they're simple people. You know, they can still be very complicated. Just because right. we always are telling you what freeways we took to where we're going, it doesn't mean that we're stupid. Just because we're always saying that things are totally gnarly, bro, doesn't mean but that I don't have If you listen. Things were totally gnarly, bro. That's true. <laughs> I got to say that I ate so many avocados that it was totally gnarly. So Spirited Away moves on, gentlemen? Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, th- I thought like, you know, good for Legally Blonde, but this was a- basically a dunk, right? It's an all-timer. I'm very excited. I have not seen this Miyazaki, and I'm pumped. Also, we got to go with tradition. Every single season of Movie of the Year brings us another Miyazaki we have to watch. I didn't know he had 50 movies, but apparently he does. Yeah, he's been busy. Your second battle of this round is your eighth seed, DreamWorks's Shrek, versus your ninth seed, the Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> so good good job, Shrek, right? As far as I'm concerned, Shrek is an all-star, okay? He can get his game <laughs> on, and he can go play guys all right i have to hit the button i gotta hit the button shrek, shrek. is the patreon show oh, oh you're hitting that button i'm hitting that button there's no way that the three of us the way that we look and how we are is gonna let royal Bombs not go into the final eight right <laughs> but i think shrek is some for some weird reason this cultural milestone and i would like to dig into it yeah 
Get Somebody decided everybody had to love Shrek. And Wait, we do. Mike, what do we have right now is like the Patreon options? Uh, your Patreon options are Hedwig and the Angry Inch, Josie and the Pussycats, and now Shrek. Let's not, and Amelie. Let's not watch. And Amelie. And Amelie. Let's watch a good movie. Like we have some good movies in there. Let's watch good movies. I, and I, I, I think that includes Shrek. I think Shrek's okay to, to watch. Let's not intentionally watch a bad movie. Wait, which None one of those, those is bad? bad? Josie. No, dude. No, you should watch your stock. That the stock of that movie has risen more than any other movie of the last twenty years. That movie was too smart for its. Okay. Pants. Dang. Well, I love being wrong, so <laughs> maybe we should watch that movie. And has great music. But yeah, is Shrek beloved because of the TNT thing, or is there something more going on there? Uh, Mike Myers delivers the exact comedy that the masses want, I think. Yeah. It's the, a character he perfected in So I Married an Axe Murderer. And he was just like, people guru. want more of this angry dad. The, the, <laughs> the problem with the love guru is that he never said, don't gay. Yeah, dude. Get your melon out of the TV. Your melon out that's, of the TV. That's from So I Married an Axe Murderer. It, sort of it is, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Um, But yeah, I, I would like to do Shrek, and I would like to feel better about three white dudes of our age moving Royal Tenenbaums definitely along. Absolutely. One of my yeah, favorite Yeah, how many listeners are like, oh, so they picked their winner already? <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I'm just going to ask. This is a crazy question. This isn't because I look like Shrek that we're doing this, right? <laughs> That's not. It's just, it's so rare that you're represented on screen, Greg, and we want to give that moment to you. Do you know what's weird is that your face and body type are nothing like Shrek, but the fact that you have two little ding-dongs coming out of the side of your head? Yeah. yeah like what, he, he's got ears and then also the Frankenstein thingies. And yeah, he's got antennae. For breakfast, we're always trying to eat yogurt, and you're always just chomping down onions. For mm. <laughs> for breakfast, I'm trying to eat yogurt and I'm fucking throwing up because of Greg's antennae coming out of the side of his head. <laughs> yeah. Can you do so? Can you put a headband on or something? And of course, my best friend is a donkey. 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 All right, Royal Tenenbaums moves straight on. Your next battle <laughs> <laughs> is. Uh, I, I I gotta admit, I thought all of this was gonna be harder. It is, and now that I'm. The, the board is handing me each of these battles. I'm like, oh, cool season. It's kind of a tough, uh, there were a lot of tough cuts in the early rounds. A lot of really unfair matchups. Everybody so. should go to our Patreon for the actual tension. Yes? Yes. Yes, of course. Yes. Of course. <laughs> for the price of what if I said 100 no? cups of coffee, <laughs> Man, you could give us $300 for some reason. Your 29th seed is Black Hawk Down versus your 13th seed, E2 Mama Tambien. Slam, Slammy D. Yeah, this, this is, is a, this is, yeah, Slammy D tonight. It's crazy. It, again, it's like, it's a movie that I've never seen. And I've heard that it, like, uh, not just throws America under the bus, but, like, Democrat America under the bus. Like, that's weird, yeah, right? right? Like, that, that, I've not, I, I was under Clinton, so. How many movies have I seen like that? Um, but E2 Mama, E.T. Mama, the extra Tambien. Is, oh, is this a prequel? Yeah. Uh, no, that that's a movie I've seen 10 times, and I would like to see for an 11th and talk to you two about it. You two mamas. Tambien. <laughs> Tambien. <laughs> Not just you two, but yeah, your mamas. This Tambien. movie is so goddamn great. Wait, so has anybody seen Black Hawk Down? I think in the... N- I was going to say in the 90s, in the which 90- is a lie. <laughs> 1992. I watched the shit out of that movie. I was stationed in Somalia as a child. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. I happen. saw the Black Hawk fly. Over. 
uh, I have not seen it. It's like I feel like I've seen like a couple minutes of it. I feel like though, like I could, I could, I could say a lot about it. <laughs> I feel like I, I could sh- guess what it's like. Wait, is this Ridley like... Scott? Is it? I think it might be. I don't I like any title be. that is a spoiler. Like I don't want to know what's going to happen to the Black Hawk before the movie begins. Would it help if it were a question mark? Yeah, Black Hawk, Black Hawk down? down. Is this like a super prequel to the Olympus Down? No, that's called Olympus Has Fallen. Totally different verb there. This is well, it, it is Ridley Scott, and it's uh, starring Josh Hartnett, who we love, who we Ewan McGregor, who we love, and Tom love. Sizemore, who we who love. We're okay with. <laughs> so, E two though. Yeah. yeah, I mean cinema. This I, right. I would say this is our first big cut, right? Like that hurts yeah. a little bit, but I bet we're gonna get hurt worse. We, you'll always get hurt worse here at movie of the year. We gotta take <laughs> <laughs> Mishima story in four chapters. <laughs> we gotta take a little break because because it's it's getting to be too much. And when we come back, more battles. Well, that is very very funny or very sad and perhaps now you have something to think about or very problematic and perhaps we have something to think about but in any event i'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to so why not check us out on the social media you can go to instagram or twitter and find us at your pop filter email contacts at your pop filter hey everybody keep watching them movies keeping the pain train again Going, your next battle is your fifth seed, Mulholland Drive, and your 21st seed, the others. Greg is happy that only one movie will spook him this season and not two. But I'm sad because one of them is definitely going to get through because when you said Mulholland Drive, I was going to be like, just argue for the other one. Uh, the others the one? man this is a this is a tough one though because these movies both scare me a lot but they're also I think they're both really good. One is good and one is like museum level art yeah the others can probably go put go get back in the closet the others you're not i thought you're gonna really dig in your heels for the others one is museum art the others is not talked about nearly (laughs) enough (laughs) it's a fun time at the movies it's scary it's got a really cool twist if you haven't seen the others you definitely should um can I ask, because we're not going to talk about the others more uh, in, in, a, in a spoiler alerty type way. Yeah. It's crazy to me how often people are like, oh, this horror movie has a twist you'll never see coming. And maybe it's just the age I grew up in. It's like, it's always the same twist. And it's because I read R.L. Stein's uh, The Ghost Next Door. And it turns out our protagonist was the ghost the whole time. Oh, yeah. Just like Bruce Willis, just like Nicole Kidman. I think the motherfucker is uh, that told you there was a twist, you know, like. Just saying that right. there is a twist ruins the twist. Yeah. Especially in this era like, of M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, no, the whole thing is thinking like, oh, this is like a button-down, very proper ghost story. Mm-hmm. and then, Which it feels like. Right. And therefore, you don't know that there's a twist. So yeah. to say that there is one ruins the movie. I, I've always felt that about people who say that there's a twist in a movie. Like, oh, that's like 50% of it right there. You'll never see the end coming. Well, now I kind of will, right? Because I'm going to spend the whole yeah. time being like, what am I not seeing coming? And now my whole thing is, bet they're dead. <laughs> yeah. All these characters are dead or fictitious. That one's probably <laughs> fictitious. I think that one is a figment of the other one's imagination, but he's dead as well. 
And still, like, even though it's, it was in 1999, I'm still watching movies thinking, like, oh, that's that one's Tyler Durden. Uh, Tyler <laughs> yeah. Durden is somewhere. Where is it? <laughs> Who, who's Tyler Durden? Uh, I watched The Village with my aunt, and because it's a Shyamalan movie, my brain just started going the minute we sat down. So halfway through, I went, they're in modern times, yeah. based on nothing at that point. And she got mad at me for spoiling it. I was like, I've seen just as much as you have seen. I'm just talking, man. <laughs> I'm just perceptive. Because, yeah, what I could bet- the twist be? I've never seen that movie, and I don't think I will because there's a plane that flies, right? And now I've seen it. Like I'm good now. Yeah, you. Said I don't that, even remember a plane that flies. Over. That's how. The that's how they realize. Oh, that's how they realize. Yes, probably. And that. And then Jeff Bridges starts doing his monologue. And that plane was United ninety three. <gasps> oh, Not, oh, it's the remember that, me twist. That's that, the other kind of twist. Is it was nine eleven the whole time? Yeah, that's the new one. And by the Fucking way, Robert Pattinson. No one ever. So expects, Mulholland Drive. Yeah, dude. I mean, this is this this movie like pushes the boundaries of like what a film is, how you can tell a story, how you can create the emotions that you want in your audience, or like emotions that they don't want to experience, but you are going to make them experience. I'm very excited for movie of the year's first David Lynch. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Every winner of these battles goes on to the Elite Eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've just been announcing movies we're going to watch this entire just time. Not saying yeah. We always forget in the first episode that the that, that this this is what this does. Does that change things for you, Ryan? Would have voted differently? No, absolutely not. Uh, I like If I was in Vegas right now, I'm betting Bull Hall and Drive takes the whole goddamn thing, so... Would they take oh, that bet though? Do do people bet on our show? I'm gonna go to the counter and I'm gonna scream because you're gonna have I such said. undue influence on that if you think about it. And yeah, I, I'm also gonna say I will not wear a mask. <laughs> oh, I feel threatened. <laughs> your next battle is your number two seed, Lord of the Rings: Fellowship of the Rings, versus your 18th seed, AI. Ah, oh, uh, come on! No, do- sci-fi versus fantasy, mofos. Yeah. The fight Redo continues. the bracket. I, I, I want to. I want to every year. That's the whole thing, though. That tension you feel—that's what makes the show so good. That's why I, it hurts. I think the AI is actually kind of great. I think it might be really great, and I am not a Lord of the Rings person, but it is so—it's—it's—it's it's inarguably well done. And it has still such like a thumbprint on society. This is done, right? Like this is a fucking done battle. Yeah, I mean AI just isn't big enough. Or I mean, I think it's a good movie, but I don't think it's great enough to overcome all the different ways. Because this is also the like perhaps the most two thousand and one movie. It's also timeless by virtue of the fact that it's not like really in any way locked into two thousand and one. Honestly, the reason that I'm worried about doing fellowship is that I'm going to watch it, and then get so inspired that I'm going to watch the next two, even though we're not doing podcasts about yeah. <laughs> those two movies. And that's like, and then you're going to just ride hours. that high and watch the three Hobbit movies, hating yourself every minute of that. No, I'll never do that. <laughs> never do that. <laughs> never in a million years. Legit. Never do that. But it is it a go- bummer because AI is like a really cool movie. And I, it like, it has like such a bigger scope than you think it's going to. And when you that can is hit the re- button, you can hit the what button? The, the Patreon. Patreon button. Oh, the Patreon button. button. It's, it, it's hard. I understand all the arguments for Fellowship of the Ring, but it's hard to say a Kubrick Spielberg joint is like, nah. I guess that's the year 2001 was. We should have seen it all coming. Dude, Lord of the Rings was huge, man. Like, yeah. It was such a big deal. I still remember, Ryan, the first time you told me in like 99 that they were going to make 
these movies and that they were going to shoot them all at the same time. And we both agreed that that was like a disaster waiting yeah. for them. The idea oh. that you were just going to commit to making all three of these right off the bat. New Line Cinema is done. Yeah, they dude. are bankrupt. <laughs> they are going to go away. But it turns out like it's so much it's braver and smarter to do that versus we'll make one all right that didn't work all right let's bring in michael bay to do the second one. Oh, that didn't work okay let's bring in curon to do the third one also it fucking put new zealand on the map literally mm-hmm. nobody had heard of this sleepy it little was never on the map yeah and now finally people know where it is it's just a not it's shaking non-stop we were all mailed new Le- new zealand stickers so we could put them right there right on the map uh <laughs> I don't know. Mine's near Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, like this is uh, MCU gets a lot of credit for like uh, bringing mainstream into nerddom or nerddom into mainstream. But actually, I think this movie might be the actual thing that should get the credit for sure. And I do think fantasy is a harder sell than oh, sci-fi yeah. and superheroes. Yeah. I mean, this fantasy movie has, is like, always legit it, elves casting spells. Yeah, like it's fucking elves. <laughs> It's el- archery elves, it's man. This is it, like fucking elves. Before a few years ago, D and D was still the one thing that like people are like, "Oh, I love Marvel. I'm a big nerd." And you're like, "You want to roll some D twenty?" And they start beating the shit out of you. Yeah, you're like, "You're fifteen. I'm an adult. Please stop." Because yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, Captain America and Iron Man aren't that far from like John McClane or yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, right. like that seems like, but like. Guys, in this movie, there's motherfucking elves. Yeah, I cannot believe this movie was as popular as it was. And little halflings with hairy feet are the stars. Yeah, like, dude. I, like, I, I might say that uh, any movie that came up against this particular one, and I'm not saying it's going to win, but any movie that came up against this one was going to lose. It's got a wizard. That's this is the movie that has to go in. That's so 70s. Stoner wizard? God, yeah, Stoner yeah, wizard is so goddamn 1970s. That, that's what... Fellowship of the Rings is the best like of the movies, but it's also the best of the books, and it's because everybody's so chill at this point still. Gandalf yeah. isn't Gandalf the White, who's like all business. He's Gandalf the Gray, and he's just like, oh, I just actually I want to have like a cool time. Yeah, he's just like, y'all want to party? <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm just gonna <laughs> let's go on a little adventure. His his main arc is let's get this sheltered kid out of the Shire. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like- he's always like like in this movie, Gandalf is always getting high. He uh, he's like, oh, there's a problem. I'm going to go to the library to research it and like fucks off to go like do a research project. He's like living the dream. <laughs> Gandalf is what Greg wants to be. Yeah, so bad. <laughs> Could you, Let me ask you guys to this. save the world? So it's going to be in the eight, right? Like we're going to do a show about it. But yep. do you guys think that it will hurt its chances in the overall bracket because it's a part one? Or do you think it does a good job of like telling its own individual story? It's It's pretty okay. It's pretty like... I think you can make an argument that if the story just ends with him deciding that he has to not be part of the fellowship anymore and just go on his own and then Sam denying that and saying, I'll die if you don't take me with you. I honestly think that that wraps up that story. If you don't know what comes next, in a way, it kind of like it. it that right. openness is interesting. So the answer to that question is why I've now declared bullshit. Mike is hosting this season. Which means that it's me versus Greg on the panel, and what the fuck am I going to do with that? <laughs> yeah, grr, 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 grr. I'm actually going to remember that right now. He's going to start with twelve points. <laughs> Mike's wailing on that button like it's his clit. <laughs> All I have is just to say, like Mike, you're very handsome tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. You don't get a point for that. <laughs> Fellowship of the Ring does move on. Your Next 
battle is your 26th seed of Bridget Jones Diary versus your 10th seed of Ocean's Eleven. Oh, Bridget, you did such a great job. You made it yeah. so far. She beat Amelie, which is what I still think should be the Patreon. What if That's this a- were Amelie versus Ocean's Eleven? That, I mean, I'm going to still take Ocean's Eleven because I'm a fucking dude. I got a yeah. fucking you're swinging so- penis. You're a soda burger over and here. And I'm a soda burger, but uh, yeah, now she can kick rocks. It is like a very dude-dude movie that does not care about women or how women are represented versus uh, a movie Julia that does Roberts care about Julia is it. in the movie. She is in the movie. That is true. And there's a I'm lot of telling crowd... you right now, we're going to talk about this. There's a lot of crowd shots where some of the crowd is women, I heard. Mm-hmm. The one of the but two no... tigers is a woman. Ocean's Eleven, this st- stupid heist movie about handsome dudes in handsome suits, has the uh, dialogue that made like rocked my world more than any other movie of this year, whereas Danny Ocean asked Julia Roberts, does he make you laugh? And then she says, he doesn't make me cry. And that's projecting like, every relationship you'd ever have after that, <laughs> ever had before, and ever will have in the future. <laughs> yeah, I rewatched this a couple weeks ago, and I thought of you before anything else when that scene happened. I'm just a Danny Ocean, George Clooney kind of guy, you know. That's what everybody says. But like, so now Amelie fell off. Uh, Bridget Jones is falling off. We don't know that. Legally, is that your vote? Fell J- off. I feel like uh, I feel like dudes are ruling here, guys. It's 2001. It was a dark time. <laughs> but we're the ones making the decisions. We could have had... <laughs> oh, no. We're making this a dark time. <laughs> yeah, I, I read the bones, man. I don't... Greg, what's your vote? Yeah, it sounds like... I mean, just Ocean's Eleven. I don't know. It felt like... A, like these were both big movies, obviously. But Ocean's Eleven felt like a return to old school Hollywood. It feels like if you have a, like a podcast, then like about movies then you talk about this type of movie mm-hmm. and ryan i mean i love classic hollywood movies and i love soderbergh it's yeah i love the bjd you know i do but it's got to be oceans 11 i guess oceans 11 oh come on don't on <laughs> that's what you get to do if you're the host the I, know, I, it's great. I would have I... I voted for Renee Zellweger, but i don't but... hate women but that's okay good for you guys <laughs> Uh, we're going to take a quick break. You guys are going to go through, uh, sensitivity training. (laughs) And then when we come back, the final two battles, it all comes down to this, the penultimate (laughs) battle of this episode. Your number three seed is Donnie DeDarko and your number 14th seed is wet, hot American summer. What defines the youth of 2001 more? I'm hitting the button. Donnie Darko should be the Patreon episode. No, Wet Hot should because yeah. Donnie Darko has to, right? It like the thumbprint on society. Yeah, it's either a movie that we know about and that more people have like come around to having heard of, or the movie that everybody thought was like the most important. Like the people that we hung out with all thought that, that Donnie Darko was the most important movie to come out for like years. It was Baby's first mind trip. Yeah, yeah, it really was, and it was the first movie I had ever seen where Jake Gyllenhaal and Maggie Gyllenhaal played siblings and are siblings and don't and have Maggie Gyllenhaal never got stuck in the washer or the dryer <laughs> so I do think it's important for that that does make uh it gave us the line of you don't respect sprinkle magic sparkle magic <laughs> sure yeah it does have that but that means that like that means that we're doing a show on Donnie Darko mm-hmm. another oh, spooky movie 
This is a spooky season, you guys. Oh, Donnie Darko's toilet. But when he's like in that theater and the fucking okay. weird guy in the rabbit suit comes, That's- he says, why are you in a rabbit suit? And he goes, why are you in a human suit? That did That's make spooky. me cautious of any dude in a rabbit suit in a movie theater. I never let that happen. After <laughs> also, that. When, when hey, I- Mike, typically it's you, though. Well, just because I want to blend in. <laughs> this is a this is something that I have found to be true. Look around. If there's no one around you wearing a rabbit suit, you're the guy in the rabbit suit. Whoa. Okay? If you don't know who the guy in the rabbit suit is, it's you, brother. Also, smell up, smell down. If you can't figure out what that smell is, it's your rabbit suit. God, why does that Just stink so take bad? Take it to the dry cleaners for once in your fucking life. Donnie Darko moves on. Sorry, Wet Hot, the movie that helped form all of our personalities. Yeah. <laughs> but we still have Royal Tannenbaums. And your last battle to figure out the final movie of your Elite Eight is your 27th seed, The Piano Teacher, versus your 22nd seed, The Fast and the Furious. Now, what do we do here at (laughs) at Movie of the Year? Do we try to find new vistas that we maybe have not experienced yet and, and try to like give our opinion of them and maybe sort of shine a light on something that people aren't aware of or do we talk do we about watch the piano teacher oh ryan <laughs> ryan i think you know that's, that's a not... that's a classic ryan joke ryan, right? that is yeah. classic ryan i should get some points for that yeah rory <laughs> uh I'll, I'll do this horse trade uh i once wrote a 15-page paper in graduate school about The Fast and the Furious. I'll just put that up on the Patreon, and we don't have to watch The Fast and the Furious. Is that but a no, threat? Like, it's a threat. <laughs> I don't know what to do here from a critic standpoint, because like, obviously in the circles that I run in, which is like the top elite critics of New York City, mm-hmm. um, we talk about The Piano Teacher more often. But then you guys like Fast and the Furious, even though it doesn't get good till 5. I don't know what to do here. Also, 85 was such a hit season for us because of all of the piano teachers that right, were yeah. involved. I, this I, is a bad movie, and we know it's a bad movie. And are we going to have that much to say about it? I don't think I don't it's a think bad so. movie. Uh, I don't think it's a good movie. But I do think that we need we need a Ron. We need a Mishima. Uh, we need one, right? 85 yeah. had four. Yeah. 85 launched four. And I can't go back to like, I can't go back to a season with none. I yeah. will take one, but it's so hard to think of watching eight movies and none of them are going to be like the experience of a Mishima or a Ron and, or something. And Fast and Furious, the original wasn't, it was like a modest hit, right? Yeah. Like and kids and doobers loved people... it, but, it's, but like, it's good. Like the jazz singer is good. Sure. You invented <laughs> sound in movies, but you're also terribly racist and nobody <laughs> likes watching you. Fast and Furious is not terribly racist. Don't, 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 don't do that. Well, you wouldn't notice it. Oh, no. Because of your racism. Yeah, yeah. that's why I said, uh, oh, no. I was just realizing. <laughs> <laughs> I was rethinking all of my life decisions. And yeah, like it's not kicking out Donnie Darko. You know, it's not kicking out Fellowship. It's not yeah. kicking out some 2001 right. Mainstay. It's kicking out something that we like five movies later. I legit do think Let's it's great. It. Uh, I think a lot of this stuff, the big dumb fun of the later Fast and the Furious movies, uh, the heart is planted in the first one. But... That's fine. I've said Mike, my piece. If you, if you want to hit the button and add yet a ninth movie no. to the Patreon show. I'm not going to have buttons if we just hit them all the time. I'm really going to keep clamoring for Josie. Uh, this might be put it out to the 
to the Twitters to figure out what our Patreon movie should be. There's too many. There's too many out there. Gentlemen? Yeah. Do you want me do it. to read your Elite Eight? The movies would that you? will define your next several months of life? If you don't mind, I would love that, yeah. The films in your 2001 movie of the year season are Spirited Away, The Royal Tenenbaums. I'm it, sorry to interrupt. Spirited Away, we talked about literally not for one second. We didn't we say were so one fucking sure that it would make you it. Yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs> e2 Mama Tambien, Mulholland Drive, Fellowship of the Ring, Ocean's Eleven, Donnie Darko, and The Piano Teacher. That is a goddamn season of movie of the year, my friends. I would say six of my favorite movies of all time. And then two that I have to reckon with. I have not seen The Piano Teacher, and I don't love Donnie Darko. I think we should add in a Moody. I just came up with it based on this year, which is scariest moment in all of our movies. Because each of these movies has, like, well, not each, but like a lot of them have different kind of scary moments. Donnie Darko does. Even Lord of the Rings has a moment that is really weirdly scary, where uh, Bilbo suddenly turns into evil Bilbo when he wants the ring and can't get it. So and like, that made me scared to be alone in the room with my grandpa. <laughs> So honestly, dude, like there's probably like seven very scary moments for, from this season, at least, to choose from. I think that's a great moody. Greg. Yay! Suggestion. <laughs> is there is there anything else that you guys pumped about the year? I'm excited. I'm honestly like the having the last thing that happened set aside Fast and the Furious and instead embrace <laughs> yeah, that, the like honestly that got me really jazzed. I'm very excited <laughs> now. <laughs> Because that's nerve-wracking, Greg. You're on a podcast with two fucking morons. Like, that could have gone the other way. Dominic Toretto is on my body right now. (laughs) Dominic Toretto is in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame. I'm looking at his bust right now. Uh, No one from the piano teachers in the Hall of Fame. His eyes are up there, Ryan. (laughs) Uh, But no, yeah, like, uh, I know that 85 ruled because we got all these new movies, you know? And it was a mix of, like, Goonies and Mishima. It was a mishmash of Goonies, but... uh, in 2001, the mainstream movies were so, so good that we don't have space for them. Like, these are great movies. This is going to be a fun season. I'm like, I can't believe we get to do Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I, and Mulholland Drive scares me, but it's also lived with me for a long time. And so I'm interested to, like, see it again and get those feelings again. I feel like it scares you in a different way than it scares Mike. Like, you're scared about, like, what's on the screen. And Mike has to host a podcast about Mulholland Drive. Yeah. That's insane. Oh, I didn't think about that at all. I quit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, not going to do it. <laughs> anyway, keep watching the movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just not going to do that at all. Uh, so, yes. Uh, thank you both for joining me here today. Oh, no oh you problem. know what you do, Mike? Uh, do Mulholland Falls. Like that Nick Nolte 1940s gangster movie. That's what we'll I'll watch. We'll just watch that instead. Yeah. You guys watch Drive. I'll watch Falls. And we'll try to bring it in the middle. Uh, we will see you next week with an actual movie we'll be reviewing. Until then, keep watching.